Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim, fill that out and that's it. I have the cleanest floors. I have never had floors that actually sparkled. And my brother-in-law, Bill, came over the other day to the house and he's like, Kim Commando, what's going on with you and your floors? I mean, I have never seen floors like this, honest to goodness. Okay, I'm a little late to the robotic vacuum craze, but now let me tell you, I am in love. Oh my gosh. I have a robotic floor mopper that washes the floors, and then I have another one that vacuums. And I have them all working with Alexa. So I say, Alexa, tell the Roomba to vacuum. And she says, yeah, certainly. Would you like the floor to be washed afterwards too? very futuristic. Okay, I will tell you that the Roombas take a while to map out your house, but when it's all done, your floors are washed and they're vacuumed. Roomba room. Oh, yes, I know that was really bad. Hey, listen, welcome. I promise you it's going to get better. I'm national radio host and USA Today columnist Kim Commando here with you. And because tech never stops, we've actually expanded my successful weekend radio show about all things digital to weekdays. And thanks for being here and be sure to tell your friends. And let's get started with five things that are happening in the tech world right now. And we're going to start talking about Elon Musk and Twitter. Okay, no, Elon Musk didn't say something dumb on Twitter or promote Dogecoin. Okay, the big news is that Elon Musk shelled out $3 billion, yes, $3 billion for a 9% stake in Twitter. Now, people are all excited that maybe someday we'll have Elon Musk in charge of all Twitter, and then maybe we'll get an edit button on Twitter. Yes, I know here in 2022, we're getting a way to change what you put on Twitter instead of just deleting the tweet. Okay, we all know that Elon Musk is definitely out there. And I'm not just talking about trips to Mars. I mean, he really is incredible. He created an EV car company. He has satellites delivering internet all around the world, now into the Ukraine. He has a lot of interest in cybersecurity and in cryptocurrency. And I don't know if you know this, but every tweet that he puts out actually has to be approved by his lawyers, every single one. Well, since that SEC settlement a few years ago, after he tweeted he was going to take Tesla private. And here's another fun fact. Okay, how much money did you make in the last week? Okay, since Elon Musk bought Twitter stock around $36 a share, it went up to say almost $39 a share. And Elon Musk has made a billion dollars. <laughs> Gosh, so far in about a week. Um, and you know what Elon Musk said when he got COVID? <laughs> I feel like a million bucks. All right. Meanwhile, another billionaire news. Let's talk about Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, he wants to be our king. By 2030, the world's population will reach eight and a half billion. Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg says that five billion of them will spend most of their time in their metaverse. Yes, the metaverse, you know that. It's the virtual world that Meta, you know, used to be Facebook, is building. And guess who wants to be its ruler? All right, come back with me seven years ago when Mark Zuckerberg unsarcastically began reaching out, meeting farmers and teachers, and he looked so cute kissing all the babies. And political analysts agreed that he was at the very beginning stages of running for president. Yes, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, then came the scandals, the congressional hearings, and overnight Zuckerberg's iffy likability factor, it just plummeted. Hmm. No president for you. So there's a new plan. 
by 2030, the economy of the metaverse will be $10 trillion. I mean, and remember, you have to spend real dollars to buy metaverse virtual currency. So while Zuckerberg will never be a real world leader, the Sun newspaper predicts that Zuckerberg is lining up to be the leader. That's right. The king of the metaverse. So meet the new boss, which is pretty much the same as the old boss. Oh, but what's the difference between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg? All right. One is a human trying to conquer Mars and the other is an alien trying to conquer Earth. Uh, number three on our five things that you need to know is don't be a six percenter. That's right. You probably think that you're pretty good at spotting fake news. Well, the truth is you're probably not. Every minute of every day, more than 500 hours of new content is uploaded to YouTube. Think about that. Every minute of every day, 500 hours. Okay. Also in a minute, 5,000 videos are being watched on TikTok. And almost a quarter million stories are shared on Instagram every single minute. So we just have this glut of information. So it's simply just not possible, they say, uh, the researchers say, for the average person to separate what's true from what's false. And only about 20% of us are actually fairly good at it. And even then, we end up believing many fake stories. But this is the number that really got me. The latest research shows that 6% believe absolutely everything that they see or read online. Now, 6% may sound like, hmm, that's not a lot. But when you're talking about all of North American Europe, you're talking about tens of millions of really gullible people. And they're believing every single thing. Think about that. Every single thing that they see online, they believe. Oh, that's really frightening. All right, number four, even though we're using far more passwords today than ever, our selections of passwords, this is so sad to me, over the past 20 years is worse now than it has ever been. Now, this report comes from a London tech company. They analyzed over 100,000 breached passwords from UK's National Cybersecurity Center. And unfortunately, like 20 years ago, researchers found that uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and the word QWERTY, which is Q-W-E-R-T-Y, the first six letters from the left on your keyboard, together with the oh-so-popular password, password, <laughs> they are the most used and most frequently hacked passwords. Oh. Now, a hard-to-guess password is so easy. Just take a small fun fact from your life, like, you know, Grandma made great four-layer chocolate cakes that I just loved. Okay, you add a few uppercase, lowercase symbols, numbers, and you have an easy-to-remember but almost impossible-to-guess password. I actually showed my sister over the weekend uh, how to actually come up with a good password because... I told her, I said, you can't be my sister and have a one-word password. It's just not possible. But always remember, you cannot use beef stew as a password at any time. You know why? It's just not strong enough. Oh, I know. That's bad. All right, finally, let's have a little fun with some new segments here on the show that we're going to talk about tech trivia. Now, when I ask you this trivia question, you have to guess the answer. And then I'm going to give you the answer in just a few minutes. And there's no cheating, okay? No looking anything up on Google. Just use your old noggin. Now, today's trivia deals with one of, if not one of the absolute finest science fiction series and movies out there. Ah, you know I'm talking about Star Trek. Now, you don't even have to be a fan to know that there are some made-up gadgets on Star Trek that actually served as, I should say, inspiration for some real-life technology. Like, for example, the cell phone. Okay, 
Martin Cooper. Have you heard that name? He's often called the father of the cell phone, and he was the longtime research and development director at Motorola. He's really a fantastic guy. I had the chance to interview him not too long ago. He's amazing, and he's like 90 years old. He looks like he acts like he's like 30. Anyway, Martin says that he was directly influenced by, he says, the handheld communicators on Star Trek. And he developed the world's first cell phone in the early 1970s. Now, that was the Motorola Dynatac. Okay. It didn't look anything like a communicator at the time, but flip phones would have certainly come later. Uh, by the way, you can get this podcast, this interview that I did with Martin over at say, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast, just search for Commando with, of course, uh, K. So, all right. So you have a lot of technology that Star Trek predicted would come true because like the cell phone, which of the following, here's your question, which of the following was something else created because of Star Trek? Was it A, Microsoft Windows, or B, a 3D printer? C, Apple QuickTime, or was it D, the Taser? Okay, let me give you those options again. Which came from Star Trek? Windows, a 3D printer, QuickTime, or a Taser? And speaking of Star Trek, uh, why do all three Star Trek captains what do they all have in common? You ready? They all have three ears, a left ear, a right ear, and the final frontier. Arr, arr, arr. All right, that answer is going to come up in just a few minutes, so stay tight. And all right, coming up, we have your phone calls as well as some great tips that you don't want to miss, how uh, some changes are coming to some streaming services big time. And we are going to tell you about a Facebook setting to stop their nasty tracking. And of course, we have that answer to the trivia question, so stay right where you are. The answer to our trivia question. All right. Which of the following was something created just because of Star Trek? Was it Windows? Was it 3D printer? Was it Apple QuickTime? Or was it the Taser? Okay. Are you ready for the answer? Well, there was this Apple engineer by the name of Steve Perlman, and he was watching Star Trek The Next Generation. And then he saw one of the characters using a computer, that's right, to listen to several tracks of music simultaneously. And he thought to himself, hey, I'd like to be able to do that too. So back in 1991 came QuickTime. That's the answer that lets you compress and store your music and video, kind of set the stage for MP3s and, of course, that ever-so-popular iPod. And, you know, QuickTime works on Windows, too, but just not as good because to sound the best, it needs to be on a Dell. Oh, I know. That's really rough. And how about we start this with Paula? Hello there, Paula. Glad to have you with us. How can I lend a hand? Hi, hello to you. I have a unique question. I have a 15-year-old that is very good at gaming and streaming of that sort, and um, he is starting to get into the money side of things. However, he is 15 years old, and these <laughs> kids do stuff like put their test scores in the binary and share them. Um, they can go into each other's computer, complete uh, stranger's computer, and shut it down. Now, he uses a free VPN, but he's got his tagged to the sheriff's department. I won't say which one. So I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm in horrors. No. So I'm trying to figure out one is how am I going to keep us safe to where we don't end up getting that knock on the door, or somebody with even more mad skills than he does will end up going into our our information because everything's routed through me as the master. I have one question. You're talking about he's getting into the money side. What is, what's he doing with that? Is he making money on this? 
he is beginning to start to make money. He's only made, well, he, they had offered him money before, and I said no. And they wanted my driver's license. I said, uh-uh, not going to happen. I would not be comfortable with this either. I mean, it's because the thing is, is that once, uh, so conceptually, right. once they get in some way that they can tunnel their way all around and maybe get into some sensitive and private information, your financial information, your banking, whatever else it may be, right? Right. So, Absolutely. So number one for you is I want to make sure that whatever computer that you're using on this network, I want you to really make sure that this thing's locked down. Okay. Uh, make sure that you have two-factor authentication set up on all of your accounts. Uh, okay. I want to make sure that you have a firewall, router, you know, everything. Again, it has all your Windows system has all the updates. You're using good security software. And I would be inclined to have him set up his own network. Okay. Okay. So he has his network you have your network and a lot of routers will let you have two different networks. Okay. And okay. If, if not, we're going to, I'll find you a router. I'll point one out on Amazon that I recommend for you, which I'll do that for you okay. anyway. Um, and so that this way we have everything separate because I want to okay. make sure that whatever he's doing, that it doesn't, um, it doesn't affect you. It may even be where <laughs> I know this is going to sound strange where he has his own, internet connection. And so you both, you have different IP addresses, right? So yeah. you just so, had better make more money than that. Well, <laughs> five dollars here and there. So I but, can foresee it's going to be more because he really is that good. Well, you know, a lot of kids are good, but it's almost like playing football, right? You got a lot right. of kids playing football, but you only have one star quarterback. There's only one Tom Brady. So I'm not mm -hmm. saying that a lot of these kids won't do well, and maybe I'm not saying that your son might not do well, but I just want to make sure that he has realistic expectations, and so do you. As he starts gaming, that you may get calls from agents, okay? Okay. And the agents will tell you, we want little Johnny to move to Hollywood or wherever it may be, and we're going to rent mm -hmm. a 10,000-square-foot house, and he's going to live there, and he can game all day. And we'll take care of his rent, his food, and expenses. We just want 50% of all of his earnings. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those type of things are popping up. Some are legit. They are. Some are legit. Some aren't. Just make sure that you really do your homework. You really do. But there are kids that are making a lot of money. And some of these homes, it's really interesting to me, Paula, that they treat these kids like real athletes. That they get up in the morning <laughs> and they they have to exercise, they've got to do this, and then they game eight hours, but in between their chefs and massages and, you know, and I mean, I've looked at it and at some of these places myself because I've had a chance to visit a few and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not bad. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. So, uh, so anyway, bottom line here is that we're going to need to make sure what you have is completely separate from your son. And I'm going to write this up as a tip. And do you get our tip newsletters? Okay. Do you get those? Okay. So what I'm going to do is let me yeah, write. I've been watching you since, excuse me, I'm sorry. So I've been listening to you for a very long time. Well, thank you, Paul. Even I when I was in that. college for computers, you beat me to it. I'm two oh, years old. <laughs> that's all right. Okay. So, but, so, um, so here's the deal. So I just want to make sure that we have all of our P's and Q's 
And I just want to make sure that everything's on the up and up. And I'll give some tips for your son as well, because we want to make sure that he has his Microsoft, Amazon, Steam, his Oculus pin, his Discord, his Twitch. His, um, what I'm going to do is going to write that up as a tip, because this is really a lot of stuff. Can't give away a lot of step-by-steps on the radio, that's for sure. And if you don't already get our newsletters, be sure that you subscribe. Go ahead over to commando.com slash subscribe. All right, still to come this hour, we have a Facebook setting I'm going to tell you about to stop their nasty tracking. We've got ads coming to streaming services. Speaking of that, and here you thought you were getting rid of all the ads. When you went to streaming, you cut the cable. But where are the ads? They're there. We have that and more coming up on Kim Commando Today. You know, I just talked about taking an old television and bringing it into the digital age. And I don't know if you notice, but ads are starting to come to these streaming services big time. I'm talking about real 30-second commercials and 60-second commercials interrupting your shows. The other night I signed up for Paramount Plus in order to get this new show, well, new to me, 1883, because I tried to get into Yellowstone, but I really didn't. And so somebody said, hey, you got to watch the prequel to Yellowstone to really do it. So even though I'm paying $10 a month, I'm still forced to watch an ad before each episode. But now Disney Plus is about to test the waters even further. They believe that 100 million new customers will pay a few dollars less each month to watch Disney Plus programs, but they're going to have commercials. That's right. So unlike regular TV, you're not going to be able to fast forward through these commercials. But it always reminds me of the most expensive streaming service ever, especially over the last couple of years. And I know this because I have a son that goes to USC. The most streaming service is the most expensive one is, yes, college. All right. Back to the phones we go with Heather. Heather, thanks for your call today. What's going on? I originally found your show in Denver, Colorado while driving home from work, so I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. And my question is, yeah, my question is, I do have a MacBook Pro, and I need to have the battery changed and have a tune-up to help it be more efficient. I use Keychain to store my passwords, and I'd like to know how I can secure it when I'm um, having it worked on. You know what, Heather? I'm going to give you a huge gold star for being so smart. You are. Because I listen to you. Oh, well, I appreciate that. See, so many people, they just think, oh, I need a new laptop battery. I'm just going to bring it in. Or I'm just going to give it to my friend of a friend of a friend to fix it because he says he can do this on the side. And that's what he does. So uh, what you want to do, and, and the steps are really hard to give out on the air. So I'm going to actually write these up for you. Because if I say, like, for example, you need to... You need to change the password to your keychain. What you're going to do is you're going to give your keychain a password that's different than your user password. A couple of steps here. And then you're also going to, what I would do is set up a separate profile on the laptop. Uh, like I on my laptops, I have one for a profile for me and then I have one for maintenance. And then you can oh, set great. different restrictions. Um, and effectively, if you do this, the, the tech isn't, even if they reset your user profile password, they're not going to be able to change the keychain password. Of course, the good rule of thumb, too, is before you take anything in as well, make sure that you do a time machine backup or a backup to the cloud, something like that. Because you never know, right? You just never know why it'd be happening. So uh, is that cool if I email you the steps on how to do this? 
That would be fantastic. I knew you would know the answer to my problem. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure, Heather, because, you know, the last thing we want is somebody going into the innards of your computer and then grabbing this stuff. So basically what we're going to do is make sure that this keychain has a different password, set up a different user profile, and then we're good to go. Ah, passwords. Maybe someday we'll actually get rid of all the passwords in the universe. Wouldn't that be amazing? All right, it's time now for a great tip. And this week is brought to you by Total AV. All right, let's talk about Facebook. You know that Facebook's tracking you when you're using the site. But what you may not know is how much Facebook is tracking everything you do when you're not on Facebook. That's the key. And it has a catchy name, Off Facebook Activity. It really should be called Your Entire Life Activity. But Facebook tracks everything from when you go to your favorite restaurant to what you've purchased at an actual store. I know, you probably didn't think about that. And when you use any app, say Uber as an example, where you went down to your rating is actually sent back to Facebook. But if you stay logged into Facebook on a device, all bets are off. Every single thing that you do is sold to Facebook, who can then sell that data to most likely a marketing company and, and who knows who else. So go nuclear. Under your off Facebook activity settings, uh, you want you to tap clear history. This cuts the link between what you do in your real life from Facebook databases. And if you need these steps again, just hit commando.com. All right, still to come, we have more of your phone calls where we're talking about how many steps a day you should be taking. I mean, the whole thought is, oh, we got these fitness trackers, got these wearables, we better, better take 10,000 steps a day. Hmm, but is that really what the research says? And then later on, oh, wouldn't this be something? How you can delete the last 15 minutes of your Google search history. So you're sitting there, you're searching for some things, and you think to yourself, ooh, that, uh, that probably wasn't a great idea. All right, I'm going to tell you how you can delete that all. And so stay right where you are, right here with Kim Commando today. If you're not already getting the Kim Commando Show newsletters, oh, you're missing out. Do you want more tech smarts? I know that. So head over to commando.com. I'll spell that for you. K-O-M-A-N-D-O. Head over to commando.com slash subscribe. And that's where you can pick the newsletters that you want. So if you're on Windows, pick that. Android, Apple, making money, saving money, small business, travel, whatever it may be. We also have these wonderful breaking security alerts that you don't want to miss. So head over to commando.com slash subscribe, and then pick the newsletters that you want. All right, before we go back to your phone calls, how many steps a day should you really be taking? Okay, new research from the University of Massachusetts. The latest numbers show that people who walked at least 7,000 steps per day on average were 50 to 70% less likely to die of any cause for the next 10 years compared to those who took fewer steps. Okay, that's pretty telling. So you might think, well, what if I do 12,000 steps, 15,000 steps? The health benefits should be phenomenal, right? Well, you can put your shoes away. After 10,000 steps, the health benefits actually leveled off. And get this, there was no correlation between mortality and how fast you're walking. So stroll your local park in your neighborhoods and get anywhere between 7,000 and 10,000 steps a day. All right, back to the phones we go with Tom. Hey there, Tom. I appreciate the call. How can I help you? Oh, thank you for taking my call, Kim. I've been a long-time listener, and I you know, listen to your podcast, and I'm on the, online with you, but I uh, never thought I'd get to talk to you and ask you a question. So <laughs> today's my day. Well, here I, I am. Yeah. You got it, sir. Yes, sir. So what's going on? 
Well, I'm getting ready to go on a cruise with my wife for our 50th anniversary, and I want to get pictures um, of it, and we're going to Alaska, so it's, you know, this is a big deal. We saved up a long time to do this. And I started looking at cameras because I need to get a camera that I can take with me, and, of course, digital is the way to go now. But I've got all these lenses from a 35-millimeter Konica camera, that I've had for many years, and I'd like to be able to use them because I've got wide angle and portrait lenses and telephoto lenses and stuff like that. And, you know, it's quite a collection. I'd like to be able sure. to use them. So I don't know what to do. I've gone to the stores, <laughs> and they only confuse me more. Well, I'm glad that you called me. And congratulations on your 50 years with your lovely bride. That's awesome. That well, is. Thank That's you. fabulous. Thank you. Um, all right, so we have these old 35-millimeter lenses. And now, without getting overly technical, okay, mm-hmm. the the Konica system had something called the FFD, uh, which they called the flange focal distance. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's important to you is that it makes it difficult for you to use that on a standard today's DSLR or digital camera. And so what you can do is you can, uh, there's an adapter, and I'll find a link for the adapter. So you can find the adapter that would allow you to hook it up to a digital camera. Uh, do you have a digital camera now or no? Do I have what, ma'am? Do you have a digital camera or no? Um, I've had several, but actually all of them were very inexpensive, and, and so they've, they've gone the way, by the wayside by now. So no, I don't. Okay. All right. So... If, if money were not an object, okay, mm-hmm. let's just say money were not an object, okay, <laughs> but let's say in a perfect world it wasn't, okay. Yeah. okay, is that you'd have all these lenses that you could still use today, but I would want you to practice before you take the big trip, mm-hmm. uh, and because I want to make sure that the mounting and the distancing is correct, and keep in mind all this is going to be manual, not automatic, mm-hmm. okay, and so you're going to have to find an adapter. And then you're going to have to buy a digital camera to use with these lenses. And probably the best one would be one made by Sony. It's called an Alpha A7 because it allows you, yep, and it uh, uses interchangeable lenses. And it's a mirrorless camera that would work with these Konica lenses. And the cost for said digital camera is (laughs) $1,600. Okay. Okay, as an option, if you wanted to do that, instead of buying the camera, you still have to buy the adapter. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a website where you could rent this particular camera for about a hundred and twenty. You could rent it for about a hundred and twenty dollars for a week. Really? Okay. So, so you've got different options now. If you didn't want to use these lenses, of course, you could find a really good, decent mirrorless camera from. Uh, Sony, I have a good one from Fuji, and uh, again, you're not going to be able to use the lenses, but it's going to do video and panoramic shots, and it has modes for, uh, you know, a kind of almost telephoto and portrait, and this way you could focus a lot of your time on your bride and the trip without saying, honey, can you just stand there one more time, because I don't think I have the right lens. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and maybe most of the stuff that I want 
because I'm not a I'm big photographer. I used to be more into it than I'm now. But most of what I want is probably built into the camera anymore. And I, yeah. you know, I don't need panoramic lenses, and I don't need all of the different things that that I've used in the past because they weren't available. So, uh, and you recommend a mirrorless. Yeah, let me let me come up with a list of three different cameras for you. Okay. Okay. Um, can you give me an idea of your budget? Well, I don't know. I mean, I had uh, first the first things I looked at were five six hundred dollars, and I could figure out in a hurry that wasn't going to do it. So I I'm hoping to get in between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Now you know, keep in mind if, if you could you could actually rent a really good camera for a hundred and ten dollars. I mean, if because you said you were really I mean you were if you're really into photography, maybe instead of buying something that you're not going to use again, and you don't really want. Maybe it might be worth renting a camera for a week for 150 bucks instead of spending a thousand. It's totally, but see, that's your call. That's yeah. totally your call. Um, so let me do this. Let me give you a link to where you can uh, you can rent cameras and lenses. It's a it's in case you want to check it out before I put this together for you. It's at borrowlenses.com. Once again, that's borrowlenses.com. And then I'll put a, a list together of three decent digital cameras for you, and I'll post that over inside the Commando community, which is, of course, commando.com slash community. And on the left-hand side, there's a link that uh, says the Q&A forum. And thanks for your call today, Tom, and have a great trip with your wife. Hey, speaking of digital photography, this is really interesting to me. I don't know if you know this, but in this age of digital photography, thousands of professional and semi-pro photographers, they are actually still using film. That's right. You know, all this digital photo editing software comes with filters to make those super sharp images look as though they were shot on film. But they say there's something about the film image itself that seems more pleasing. I mentioned like audio enthusiasts, they insist that the sound that you get from Google or Apple or wherever you're getting your online music, it's just not as good as the sound from vinyl records. And it's better than digital music. After years of steady decline, it's hard to believe, wow, listen to this, that film usage, it's on the rise. And it's about to get even more expensive. Fujifilm, they produce most of the world's photographic film. I mean, yes, it's still out there. And they had a report out this past week that it that their costs for film, photographic paper, and the chemicals, yes, the chemicals, remember those, to develop it all, they're just spiraling upwards, anywhere from 20% to 60%. Now, they're saying some of these rising costs are because of silver. And then regardless of which side of the political fence that you're on, a lot of it's just due to plain old inflation. So yes, film is actually still being used. And it's rising, much like vinyl record sales, which I don't know if you've ever been on eBay lately looking at vinyl records, that they're just all over the place. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for vinyl records, just total segue, sorry about this, is that uh, if you go to shopgoodwill.com, that's right, shopgoodwill.com, you can always find all kinds of vinyl records, even 78s, 45s for sale right there on the site. All right, still to come this hour, I'm going to tell you how you can delete, this is an insider secret, how you can delete the last 15 minutes of your Google search history, because I know you've done it, you've typed a few things in, and then later on you think to yourself, hmm, that was probably not a good idea. All right, let's talk about Google. Have you ever typed a search phrase into Google? 
that you would be embarrassed to admit. And you'd be like, oh, gosh, I hope nobody sees what I did. Well, there's a new way to make those searches just disappear. Or as I like to say, they go into the intergalactic bit bucket. And I'm sure you Google search a lot of mundane things most of the time. But what if your search is something that you don't want to have tracked to your name? Well, Google has this new way that lets you delete the last 15 minutes of your search history. So whether you're using your iPhone or iOS or iPad or what have you or Android, here's how you do it. You tap your profile photo and then under search history, yes, there it is. There's a new option that says delete the last 15 minutes. Bingo. Tap that and immediately your search history time travels back on whatever device you were using and wherever you are logged into your account. Now, of course, with Google, there's always a few caveats. Um, There is no option to delete your last 15 minutes if you're using the web. Yeah, really, why not? Uh, Apparently, this option is only available when you're using the Google app on your phone. And, of course, the other big caveat, I'm sure you're wondering, like, if I delete the last 15 minutes of my search history, is it still on Google's server somewhere? You're smarter than that. Even if you delete it from your search history, I'm sure it's on Google servers someplace. And speaking of Google servers, you know, they do know a lot about you. And there's this place on Google that you want to go to. It's adsettings.google.com. Once again, that's adsettings.google.com. This is where you can see what Google knows about you. And you can also stop it if you're tired of all the tracking. Okay. See, Google uses your data to show ads that might interest you. And remember that Google makes a lot of money by selling ads. And so you can see what Google knows about you at this special page. You can also remove things that you don't like on the list. And I was really surprised when I looked at it myself the other day that Google makes it super easy to stop them from tracking you moving forward. Once again, that address is adsettings.google.com, adsettings.google.com. If you missed any part of the show, don't forget, you can always keep up to date and use the search box over on my website. That's commando.com, K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. Hey, thanks for listening to Kim Commando today. So reach over and give me a nice five-star review. Yes, thank you. And thanks for listening.